welcome to today's show, Strategic Insights Radio, brought to you by Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. is a full-service business consulting firm that provides business plan creation and review, marketing plans, process automation, and now business technology strategy consulting and implementation services. Today, we're honored to have A.C. Chan, better known as Pitchmaster Chan. A.C. is the founder of PowerSlide, helping people become more poised, polished, and precise presenters. As a world-class coach and facilitator, he has worked with executives, small business owners, and sales professionals to deliver their pitch, presentation, or keynote. During his downtime, fun involves a trifecta of traveling to new places, experiencing new cultures, and cultivating new friendships. Our host today is David Wilkins. David comes to Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. from a long and distinguished business and entrepreneurial career, working with companies such as Whitridge Associates, IBM, ENY, PricewaterhouseCoopers, among others. David is now Senior Vice President and Head of the newest division within Sterling Rose Consulting, the Strategic Technology Consulting Division. Thank you, Mike, and thank you for AC for uh, joining us this morning. My pleasure. Great. So let's uh, let's get started and and help us help us understand who PowerSlide is. PowerSlide came about as an idea, more of an experiment of some things that I had done in, in, in a past life. So I, I've come up through technology and did a lot of business and technology strategy work. And some of the funnest things that I ever did was really working with executives you know, at the board level, trying to really get them to sell those ideas. Because I'm sure with your experience, you understand that attention is really thin up there. They don't really care too much about you. They're super busy. Everyone's always asking them for money. And so you really have to get to the point sell your idea and, and close that deal within a really short period of time. And so as I moved on um, through a couple of other jobs, I, I had an opportunity, some space to think about what did I really want to do? And when I thought back over the last 10 years of what I enjoyed most, I went back to this whole communications piece, being up at that level, helping executives pitch those ideas. And so I thought, hmm, I wonder if I could take that framework and teach other people to be able to use it. Because I knew how to do it, but I didn't know how to teach people how to do it. The idea was, well, maybe small businesses could use it, maybe for their business pitches, or maybe individuals for networking. Um, and even still for sales professionals, tech startups, you know, they always have to do those five-minute pitches. You know, Could I teach that framework? Would it be valuable? So I spent the better part of last year doing a lot of speaking engagements, doing a lot of workshops, and trying to understand what was the best way that I could share that knowledge and teach people and give them those tools and really made a full run at it this year of really trying to make it a business. And I'm, I'm happy to say, you know, I, I love the work that I do. I get to meet all sorts of interesting people, all walks of life, different businesses. The thrill for me, I think, is to see people where they start. And after I get a chance to work with them, where they end up, you know, how much more confidence they have, how much more uh, comfortable they are in front of people, you know, just seeing them smile and be like, wow, it makes a difference when people actually understand what I do. And I say, well, yeah, it makes a huge difference. So it's, it's rewarding work for me and I'm happy to do it every day. You know, that's, that's, that's great. Cause I do remember it was about a year ago that I sat in on one of your sessions at the uh, Gwinnett Chambers uh, Small Business Awards at the, at the seminars for that day. Yes. I was uh, really fortunate. Just, you know, the great thing about, you know, the Gwinnett Chamber is just meeting people and networking my initial f opportunity was uh, meeting Mark Farmer. He came to one of the pitch workshops that I did over at 22 Tech Park, which is one of the incubators over towards Peachtree Corners. Mm -hmm. And he said, you need to come back 
over this way to the Gwinnett Chamber and you need to meet Stephanie Sokanis. And I said, okay, always open to meeting new people. And when I started talking with Stephanie, she said, you know, it would be really great if you could do a eat and educate session because I think our members would find value in this. And then after that, just the opportunities of different things that I could help with between Eat and Educate. Then I was invited to present at the Small Business Summit last year. I've been invited to present again this year as well. I've done uh, one of their marketing boot camps, the sales boot camp. So that communications theme always is, is a recurring theme, but I'm able to look at it through different lenses to help different people in different ways. So again, just really fun work for me. That's great. Now, you know, one of the things that... that... I know for a lot of people, when they think about presentations and all that is, I have to get up in front of people and have to talk. And I'm scared to death. And probably, you know, there, there are those studies out there that say people would rather die than get up, getting up in front of people. How do you help them deal with that? I think a lot of it comes from two factors. The first piece of it is really knowing and understanding what it is that you want to present and share. And I try to approach it from a content perspective, not so much about being technically correct about the information you want to give. I try to shift people from dispensing information to having a conversation with their audience. So whether it's one person or a hundred or a thousand, the mentality that you're just out there and you're having a conversation and you're sharing information. So that's number one, content and approach. Second is delivery, which means you have to practice the challenge that I think a lot of people have is they spend so much time figuring out what they want to say that they really don't spend a whole lot of time practicing how they want to say it, the actual delivery on it. Like I'm in front of a stage or I'm going to give this presentation and rehearse it like an actor would almost. Not that you want to come across contrived or practice, but it's being comfortable with delivering your content because it never quite comes out of your mouth the way you think it will if all you do is focus on writing it out and how you want the words to be and you never practice it. It's, it's a stumbling block. So I advocate that you should spend at least the same amount of time practicing as you do developing your, your presentation. So if you spent five hours developing that 30-minute presentation, you should spend about five hours practicing delivering that 30-minute presentation. Okay. Now, you know, you talk about it from a, uh, the perspective of a pitch. Why is, a, why is it so important to have that pitch? First impressions. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. So the way I like to explain it to people is we do this all the time every day. You meet somebody and you just have no idea if that person is going to be your next best customer, give you a great referral. And if they don't understand or are interested in what you have to share or say, then you may have just missed that opportunity. So in that first 30 seconds, you really have to be clear and make an impression. If you do it correctly, after that 30 seconds, you create a little bit of intrigue, then people say, huh, that's interesting. Tell me a little bit more. Well, congratulations, you just bought yourself a few more minutes. Mm -hmm. So what do you do with those few more minutes? Well, you try to make sure that they really have an interest or they have someone else has an interest, and then you try to get to the next step, which is, hey, let's meet up for a cup of coffee or maybe let's grab lunch. But you can't get to that step without first making that initial impression and getting it precisely correct. Okay. Now, how do you know when you've got a good pitch? Pitch is an evolution. You know, I have about two or three different kind of pitches that I use. And I say that you have to have at least 
two kinds of pitches. So for example, when you go to the Gwinnett Chamber and do Gwinnett Networking, they pass the mic around, everybody gets about 30 seconds. Right. That's, a, that's a bit more formal pitch. Then you should have an informal one, you know, maybe about 15 seconds, 15, 20 seconds, when you're meeting people and you're shaking hands and they, and they throw you that question, hey, how are you doing? So what do you do? You know, so you have to have both. I think of it as experiments. So if I go into a networking event, I'll think about what do I want my pitch to be? You know, 30 seconds is only about four to six sentences, not very much. And the informal one, even shorter, two to four sentences. And so I think about how, how do I want people to react? How do I want them to get what I do? You can tell by the reaction right away. Either they get it or they don't. And if they don't, then they're like, they just nod their way, nod their head, and they just kind of walk away. So it's, it's, you can read people right away. It's instant feedback. And so even when I'm coming up with new pitches, sometimes they're great and I get the reaction that I want and people remember what I would like them to, or it just totally falls flat on its face. You know, it's, it's a process of trying to figure out what do people will remember, what sticks. You know, it's not about being technically correct. It's about being memorable is what I say. Yeah. Now, so how do you help, uh, how do you help develop a pitch for a, for a client? We'll sit down and first thing I do is I, I have to hear their pitch. So I say, okay, well, tell me about your business. And then they look at me with deer in headlights reaction. And I said, well, you, you do this anywhere else if someone were to ask you. So same thing. So tell me about mm-hmm. your business and they'll go through and I'll, I'll just be candid. And I'll say, okay, I think I understand what you do. Or I'll say, I have no idea what you do. And then that's the starting point to, to figure out, okay, where do you go from there? How do you, how do I understand the problem that you solve? Because in the heart of a pitch, I think that there's a tendency for most people to lead with the solution, right? My company is this and we do A, B, and C. I switch that around a little bit to think more about what exactly is the problem that you solve or the problems that you solve? Because we can connect to problems a lot easier, I think, than trying to connect with the solution. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, someone throws a solution at you, your reaction is, okay, do I need that solution? You know, but if you articulate a problem, and you automatically can connect with that problem because you've had it, or you do have it, or you have a friend that has it. You can say, "Oh yeah, got that problem," you know, and then you can start talking about solution. So being really clear on the problem first in that pitch, you know, you may have multiple pitches, but you can connect a lot faster by focusing there. So that's my starting point. Okay, great. Now, what's what are some of the the, the really key things that people could do to help them improve their presentation skills and giving and giving their pitch? I would say definitely practice. Practice is, is overlooked, I think, the most. So if you're going to go through, even with a 30-second pitch, four to six sentences, go through and uh, the exercise is write out what you think you want to say in a pitch. So write it all down and then go through the process of editing out what you think isn't absolutely necessary to keeping your pitch because the pitch is has to be brief, it has to be precise. And in going through that exercise, you, you make some decisions, you know, because you you can't talk for a minute when you only got 30 seconds. You know, people get cut off all the time at the chamber because they go over. So once you get really precise about what you want to try to use for your pitch, then you practice it and you rehearse it over and over again. And even stylistically, you know, as far as your delivery, there's a number of different ways that you can deliver your pitch. You know, not even including anything to do with body language, but your voice, you know, we're here on the radio is, is a very powerful tool. You know, people just go and they, they talk, but you have voice inflections you can use. You can control volume, talking really loud, talking really quiet. You can do, you know, things with your pitch and talking really high, like you sucked on a helium balloon. 
you can control how quickly you speak, or if you want to speak really slow, if you put in a pause right in the middle of what you're trying to say. So your voice is a very powerful tool that I don't think that people underestimate. Mm -hmm. And just by practicing, you know, those four or six sentences, you can really create different reactions and memories to what you do. Great. And say. Now, you know, what's, what's interesting, as I was listening to that, I was thinking back to, uh, you know, my bagpiping instructor who teach, tells me all the time, what you need to do is you need to record your practice to make to, and then listen to it to see how well it's coming out. How would, how does that work with, uh, with, the, with the practice here as well? Wouldn't it? Absolutely. I think it's pretty common that everybody has a phone, if not a smartphone, and most of them have a, a recording app or function of some sort. So just recording yourself and hearing it back is a great exercise just as a starting point. And if you're doing something more involved with, you know, presentation, probably something five minutes or more, I say, well, video record yourself because most of the smartphones have a camera on there too. You can just as easily get a simple little tripod to, or just prop it up on something to record yourself because you can't correct what you don't know. Exactly. And recording, I think, is, is a great, effective, inexpensive tool that most people have that, you know, can be a great stepping stone for just self-improvement in, in, an, in and of itself. Yeah, because that gives you an opportunity just to step back and look at yourself more objectively and see, you know, presentation, you know, how you look, your expression, so forth, how you carry yourself, all is part of the, the package. Yeah, it's kind of funny because people, when I actually do some of my pitch workshops, I record people. I'll do, I'll record them usually two or three times, right? It's short, usually 90 second pitch for in my small workshops. But they moan and groan. They go, oh my gosh, you know, I, I look horrible on camera and, and this and that. And they complain. And I said, well, this is what people are seeing anyways. You know, whether you realize it or not, mm -hmm. how you're presenting and sharing it now is how people do see you. So you should be aware of how you look to other people. So that recording piece of it, it's it starts with awareness. You know, if you have this weird fidgeting habit with playing with your fingers, or if you twirl your hair, or play with your ring on your hand, or if you lean to one side, or you tap your feet, or you sway, you are unconscious of it until it's brought to your attention that, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I did that. And once you're aware of it, you tried to correct it. Same thing with recording stuff on voice. Oh, I didn't realize that in those 30 seconds that I said, uh, 20 times. Mm -hmm. You just in interject it and you're not aware of it until you hear it. And then you start making some corrections and you become more aware. So I agree with you. Great tools that we have at our convenience and disposal to just self-help. All right. Plus, you can share that with, with your friends. Uh, may not be able to be there when you're practicing live, but you can always share it with them. They get the feedback over so, over. Uh, email or whatever. Oh yeah, it's a great way that I can work with, with clients remote. And mm -hmm. sometimes can always be there geographically and, and meet up in a room or whatever case may be. But if they send me a video, at least I can see the video doesn't lie unless they go to and doctor it, but <laughs> it's pretty obvious what happens. Right, great. Well, let's take a, a short break and we'll be right back. Are you thinking about starting a business? Does your business need a loan or investors? Are you ready to grow and succeed? Then you need to call Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. Call Sterling Rose Consulting Corp at 470-238-9097 for more information or to schedule your free business consultation. And we are back speaking with AC Chang, the Pitchmaster from uh, PowerSlide. I was already thinking about the next question I, I had because uh, 
you know, what's interesting is there's obviously a lot of different uh, opportunities here, but do you have a particular example of a client that you worked with that started out a basket case, if you will, in terms of being able to do a presentation and, and being, you know, turned it around to the point where they were doing, a, you know, a good job? Yes, actually, I've got two two fun stories. I think nothing really makes people work harder than trying to do some kind of a competition. Mm-hmm. So earlier this year, I was asked to help with United Way's Spark Gwinnett pitch-off competition for non-for-profits. So these not-for-profit startups, they submit these ideas via video and they get graded and judged and they ended up with these finalists. And so I got to work with six different finalists in this competition. And it was a five-minute pitch. They had to get up on stage. It was over at Prime America. They have a nice indoor auditorium and give their five-minute pitch. Everybody worked really hard, I have to say. But I would say that the biggest level of improvement that I noticed was a young girl who was a 10th grader from Meadow Creek High School. Her name was Lauren. And she kind of came in a bit quiet, a little bit shy, and had this idea for creating her company, which was called Care Closet, which was like a, a food bank on wheels. And it was being able to put a mobile food bank in every high school in Gwinnett County. The transformation she had and the work that she put into it, I thought was amazing because by the end, and when she did her pitch, she actually won one of the top prizes, which was $25,000. Wow which is enough to put a care closet in every single high school in Gwinnett County over the next two years. So that transformation, uh, I I tell people, if a 10th grader can do it, I'm sure you can do it too with a little bit of work. And seeing her go from shy to having the stage presence and confidence of really selling and pitching that idea, I thought was just fabulous. And uh, you just feel proud. Mm-hmm. You know, that they were put into work and, and got the reward for the hard work. And all the contestants, I think, you know, performed well. But just to see her transformation in particular, I think for the young for younger people, it's a little bit tougher because not having a whole lot of work experience and trying to get up in front of the crowd and deliver something like that can be quite intimidating. So to see her transform that way was was a lot of fun. Well, that's great. That's great. When you speak, speaking of competitions, I know there is the uh, um, organizations out there that that help in the in the whole present uh, you know speaking uh, such as Toastmaster mm-hmm. and uh, you know how does uh, uh, how does that how would that help? Toastmasters is an international organization that helps people improve their public speaking and their leadership skills, and I think it's one of the best kept secrets around. I've been a Toastmaster now for almost four years. Usually when I work with people, it's usually because they have a specific project. I want to develop a business pitch or I have a pitch competition and I have to nail down my pitch deck or I have a keynote. You know, can you help me craft out what I need to deliver in front of the crowd? So usually I work with people on very specific projects. If people just want to improve generally, like I just want to get better at public speaking, I always refer them over to Toastmasters because it's, it's super affordable. And I mean, I, I think across the course of a year, it's about maybe $100. You pay your dues every six months, which is like 50 bucks every six months, but it's, it's self-paced. And the program is organized and millions of people have gone through it. You know, in my, in my home club, I've seen people who are not English speakers, uh, one person who had a severe stutter. And at the end of a year, just to see the difference of what the program did because they applied it and, and they did what was prescribed in the program, it was amazing to see how much improvement that they had. So I always recommend people that if you really just want to improve public speaking, go to Toastmasters. It's a safe environment. They give you 
constructive feedback. If you're trying to test out some ideas on your pitch or your presentation, and you're just trying to work out some kinks and you want to do it in a, in a safe environment and get that feedback, I say go to Toastmasters. And, you know, where, where else do you really have the opportunity to be able to do that? You know, because even giving feedback, constructive feedback is a skill in itself as well. Oh, sure. That's exactly right. Now, I understand also that, uh, you know, there, there are competitions within uh, Toastmasters. Have you uh, participated in those? Yes, I actually, actually, I originally joined Toastmasters because I wanted to get better at something called table topics, which is impromptu speaking. Oh, yeah. So my scenario was that sometimes I would get into these meetings. I couldn't think really quick on my feet. And then an hour later after the meeting, I would think, oh, I should have said that. But it's too late. The moment mm -hmm. has passed. I missed my opportunity. So I really wanted to get better about thinking on my feet. So as I joined my, my first Toastmasters club, whenever they had an opportunity to do that impromptu speaking piece of it, I would always volunteer because if you don't practice, it's not going to get better. Right. Why, be, why be shy about it? And as I kept practicing, that's when I started discovering about the competition. So I thought, well, well, I'll try. So the first year didn't do too well. <laughs> the second year, I made it all the way to the state finals, but I didn't place. The third year, made it to the state finals again. I took second place. Wow. And then this past year, made it to the state finals again, and I finally took first. So it took a little bit of time, but no, I got- Persistence I pays off. It does. You, you keep practicing it and trying to figure out your style and how to think really quick on your feet. So I took first place in table topics. And then last year, there's a category called the evaluation contest, which is you listen to somebody give a speech, and then you have to provide constructive feedback, and then you are judged on the constructive feedback that you give. So I took first place in evaluation last year. I'm actually a finalist in that category again this year for the competition. And then last year, I took second place in the humorous speech category as well. You are just really becoming very prolific at it, aren't you? <laughs> I'm not a super athletic guy, but I can compete doing speeches. That's right. Everybody has their talent. Take right. advantage of it. No, actually, it gives me probably some incentive. I, I did uh, Toastmaster many, many years ago, and it's probably a good idea to go back and uh, refresh that again. Well, it's, it's nice because everybody can take something away from it, whether you want to do speaking or leadership or both. It's self-paced. You can go as quick or as slow as you want. You can focus on certain areas. There's great mentors. There's always something interesting going on. So I think you can just really find the right thing that's for you without necessarily having to feel like it's you're being pushed along. Right. You know? Right. Take from it what you like, you know, develop those skill sets that you really would like to improve. And, you know, it's a, it's an evolution. You know, I, I I didn't think I would be such a competition junkie, but I found that by doing competitions, it pushed me to be the best that I could and how I could deliver. And since my whole business is focusing on pitches and presentations, bringing home some of those trophies, great third-party validation that I actually know what I'm talking about. Exactly, exactly. So besides pitches and presentations, what else have you uh, done with your speaking skills? Well, recently I was invited back to be the MC for the uh, TAG HR Diversity Awards Banquet. Mm. Uh, so TAG is the Technology Association of Georgia, and there's so many aspects of that organization, which is, which is wonderful. Being the MC for an event was fun because you get, you get to host. It's interesting because I, I credit a lot of that MC capability back to Toastmasters because there's a specific role where you're in charge of hosting and facilitating the meeting. And those skill sets, I would say, directly transferred. So everything from making sure the agenda is on point to making sure you have 
good introductions for your folks, handling the transitions in between. Maybe you'll have a lull. If something goes crazy in the schedule, you know, you have to tap dance a little bit to keep the crowd entertained. It was a lot of fun for me. And I guess they had switched me to do it last year. And because I did a decent job, they asked me to come back again. So that was a lot of fun. I've, I've enjoyed emceeing. And there's been a few opportunities here and there that I've kind of poked around at. You know, there was the Asian Film Festival that's coming up this weekend. And uh, I actually just kind of missed that uh, that opportunity. And But, you know, I, I think it's it's a great way to be quick on your feet, but still be able to facilitate a great event. So I really enjoy doing that as well. Oh, that's great. Uh, I know you mentioned the uh, upcoming Gwinnett Chamber Small Business Awards. You're going to be having another session there. But what other other uh, other events that you have got planned uh, that uh, people can attend? Yeah, so at the Small Business Summit, I'm doing a slightly different session, not quite focused on pitches, but it's about how to cure death by PowerPoint. So oh, I think that, that ought to be good. <laughs> I think we've been in that scenario where we're sitting in a room watching somebody go through that PowerPoint presentation and you start to glaze over and maybe nod off. And so I'm going to give some different ideas on how to spice up your presentation a little bit, both in terms of building out your slide deck and style-wise when you present, how to make it a bit more interesting to keep your, your audience engaged. So that's going to be cool. I have, uh, on the Toastmaster side, I, I do some evaluation workshops, you know, since I've won that trophy mm-hmm. and I'm a finalist this year, there's been uh, a lot of requests for me to facilitate an evaluation workshop because I think that tends to be a weak point in trying to learn how to give constructive feedback. You know, there's a, a great way that you can put together your thoughts on how people can improve without crushing their spirits. So there's a safe way to do it. Right. And that's, again, a practice skill. So I do a lot of evaluation workshops. With ACE, the uh, group that's access to capital for entrepreneurs, I usually do some pitch workshops with them, although we just, the week before, had concluded a, a pitch-off competition for the uh, uh, minority-owned businesses, which was in partnership with SBDC Minority of UGA as well as the uh, Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. So that okay. was really cool. There were four finals on that one, not doing 90-second pitches. But um, probably in about a month or two, you know, we'll probably have some more pitch workshops coming back online. But other than that, I have some other speaking engagements I do. I'm, I'm presenting for uh, uh, FANG, which is the uh, Financial Executive Networking Group over at UPS uh, in the beginning of November. And doing other co- a few other small events here and there. But, you know, my events, I list that on my website. You know, if people are curious and interested and want to see what I do and want to come hear me speak or be part of a workshop. You know, it's always sort of a rolling thing, you know, about every three months. So always do a range of fun activities that people can participate in. Well, yeah, that's good. And in fact, that leads just leads into the next question, which is how do, how can people get a, get a hold of you to learn more about, uh, about you and your company? Uh, easiest way is uh, they can check out events on my website at powerslide, P-W-R slide, S-L-I-D-E dot com. Or they can contact me directly, you know, ac at pwrslide.com or just give me a call. I'm reachable at 678-575-5172. Great. Well, AC, it's been a real pleasure. Enjoyed this conversation. Thanks very much for having me on the show. All right. Thank you, David. And thank you, AC. This has been Strategic Insights Radio discussing what's a pitch and why being able to create a pitch is necessary to the success of your business. For more information about AC Chan of Power Slide and or David Wilkins of Sterling Rose Consulting Corp, contact Sterling Rose Consulting at 470 238 
9097 or visit sterlingroseconsultingcorp.com. 